Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise here this morning. Amen. Man, was that not a powerful just time of worship? Man, can we just give our just give our show our appreciation for our worship team? Man, they're doing just such an amazing job. Such an amazing job. It's just so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning with all of you. Uh, man, just a, just a great time as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is by far my favorite day of the year. Amen. And, and uh, uh, Dr. Lynn sends his, uh, his apologies for not making it, but he's feeling under the weather today. So if you would keep him in your prayers and your thoughts over these next few days. He's, he's okay. He's just, he just doesn't want to get anybody sick, you know. Uh, that's, so I can understand that. But today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I mean, how many of you realize that the resurrection is the most important event in the history of the world? I mean, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it changed the course of human history uh, like no other event has ever changed the course of human history. The re- I mean, I know it's Easter, and it's like, man, Easter eggs and chocolate bunnies. I mean, come on, somebody. Somebody say chocolate bunny. That's my favorite thing, I mean, on Easter. And uh, I don't need any bunnies, though, so please don't buy me a chocolate bunny. I'm, 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 if you buy me one, I'll eat it. I'm just saying. But, but the resurrection, it, it changed the course of history. It changed the world, and it, can change, it changed my life. Okay, the resurrection changed my life. And it can change your life uh, as well today. Uh, as as um, we just get into the Word of God this morning, uh, I, I just was reminded of last Easter. And man, you know, it's like for church, I, I look forward to this day because this is a time for us to come together and celebrate. And last year, we didn't have the opportunity to come together in person and celebrate. This is kind of a pivotal moment this year as we celebrate together because we couldn't celebrate last year together. Many of us celebrated in our homes in front of our computers. Come on, how many of you remembered Easter in front of your computer or Easter in front of your television set or or Easter just sitting here like around a table looking on your cell phone or, or just sitting around the table having communion together, you know? And then that was followed by several weeks of intense, complete shutdown. I mean, it was, I mean, I just remember last year during COVID, we didn't know what was going on, right? It was like, man, we, we have to stay home because if you get this virus, like your skin's going to melt off or something, you know? And, and listen, for many people, this has been a, a year of tragedy, a year of trial, a, a year of suffering, a year of pain, a year of confusion, a, a year of uncertainty. But man, can I just say that today, that this year, can we not let that happen again? Can this be a year of promise? A year of proclamation, a year of hope, a year of restoration, of restoration, and a year of resurrection. Man, would Christ raise again His church? Although today we're still not completely out of the woods, many of us here are here together. I mean, and it's so good to see. All, I mean, we're here. Come on, we just give give yourselves a round of applause. You know, we made it through the one of the most difficult years. Uh, and I don't know about in human history, but in modern history for sure. But we're here together, and I'm hoping that very soon the rest of us will be coming together again. Uh, this is just a reminder. I mean, today is a reminder of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It changes everything. And uh, man, I just want to celebrate that today. Uh, the title of the message this morning is No Distance Between Us. 
The title of the message this morning is No Distance Between Us. I believe that in the resurrection, we need to have an understanding that Jesus drew us nearer to him. And that's a powerful truth. The resurrection is, is everything. In fact, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 24. If you have a Bible, you can pull that out. I'm going to, have, I'm going to be reading a lot of Scripture today. Is that okay that I actually preach out of the Bible? I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Um, if you don't have a Bible, we have some Bibles in the chair backs in front of you. Uh, you feel free to, to borrow that for today. Or if you don't own a Bible, take it home. Read the Word of God. It'll change your life. Um, it changed mine. But we'll also have the words up on the screen for your convenience as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 14 says, Now if Christ is preached that He has been raised from the dead... How do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. You see, the resurrection is the principal foundation. It's the principal doctrine. It's the principal uh, thing that we build our hope upon. Come on, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is your resurrection. In fact, Paul is saying that without the resurrection... Come on, then your sin is still in your life. There's no value to our Christian walk. I'm just up here to entertain you today. That would be my I'm not here to entertain you. Well, I'm here to remind you that Jesus Christ died on a cross. He rose again the third day, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you that in the resurrection we can have new life. Come on, our Christian faith isn't built around Calvinism and Arminianism. Our Christian faith isn't built around, around who's saved and who's not saved and how many prayers we have to say. Our faith is built around the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that today a tomb still sits empty because Jesus rose again. And in fact, we have this little banner here in the front. These are, these are the coordinates to an empty tomb, an empty hole in the ground. As to serve as a reminder... That Jesus is alive. In fact, it's impossible to fully follow Jesus without understanding the resurrection because the resurrection is the difference in the life of the believer. But it is the resurrection that changes us. It's the resurrection that changes the church. This is what I want to, this morning, I just want to go through the, the Word of God and we're going to begin to read through, through the story of a man named Peter. And I believe in this story, it illustrates a point that I believe that we can all relate to. Come on, everybody knows the Apostle Peter. Come on, he was the leader of the church. He, he's the one who wrote the first and second Peter. He was Mark's influencer as Mark wrote the gospel of Mark. It was Peter who Mark was talking to. Come on, this is Peter who walked with Jesus for three years, day in and day out. This is the same Peter that, that stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, the, the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, and 3,000 that day were added to, the, to their number. This is the same Peter that led the church, led 12 men to change the entire world. Well, what would Peter do with this many people in the church today? Oh, that God would restore the fire of the Holy Spirit in the church. I want to begin by looking at the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. Mark 1, 16 through 18. I have a lot of verses of Scripture, but man, I, 
there's many times that I feel that this is like I have these messages that are for today. But never more than today have I felt like I have a message for you today. So please, please pay attention. If your cell phone is a distraction, put it away. If your neighbor is a a distraction, move to another place because you don't want to miss what God has to say in, this, in these words. Well, today is a, is a church. We need a resurrection in, in the world today. Please, please, please. Come on. I just want to look at the life of Peter. And, and I want to begin in, in, in Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. It says this. It says, And as he, this being Jesus, walked by the Sea of Galilee and saw Simon and Andrew, Simon being Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers, for they were fishermen. And then Jesus said to them, follow me. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, follow me. I want us to begin to, to, to keep this in our mind this morning. Follow me. Can we say it again? Follow me. And I, made, and I will make you become fishers of men. And they immediately left their nets and followed him. You see, I believe that Peter was this man who was searching after the will of God. In fact, it was believed that Peter was a disciple of John the Baptist because Peter was, he was fed up and he was tired with the religious systems that they had in place of that day. Peter was looking for peace and hope in God. Peter was looking for the answer. He said, I know that there's a God. I know that he spoke through his prophets. I know that God is sending a Messiah. I am waiting for this Messiah to come. Come on, Peter was hungry for truth. He was sick and tired of just playing games, sick and tired of playing church, sick and tired of just showing up to church just on the big event days. Come on, Peter was hungry for more. He wanted to have a personal relationship. He said, God, speak to me like you spoke to Elijah. Speak to me like you spoke to Jeremiah. Speak to me like you spoke to the prophets. Lord, that I would meet you. And this man, Peter, he was just minding his own business, fishing. But he was looking for something deeper, something more meaningful. He was looking for assurance and hope. He was searching for purpose in his life. This man, Peter, was just looking and looking. I mean, I can relate to that. When I began to look for peace, I began to look for assurance. I tried to find it in the church. I tried to find it in drugs. I tried to find it in alcoholism. I tried to find it in relationships. I tried to find it in all the dead things of the world. But on this day, we remember that Jesus, or the the angel said, why do you search for the living among the dead? Well, the only place to find life and truth and hope and peace is in Jesus Christ and him raised again. This is the resurrection. Friends, turn your hearts to Jesus. Peter was just fishing, waiting, and he finds, he sees this man named Jesus, this man who he, he was performing miracles, this man who was, who was healing the sick, this man who was opening the eyes of the blind, this man who he had heard of, who wasn't one of the religious teachers of the day. And this Jesus began to give Peter hope. He began to give Peter an example to follow. Jesus gave Peter discipleship. He gave him direction. He gave him purpose. This man, Jesus, was Peter's answer to prayer. I mean, this was was like there was a hole in Peter's heart, and Jesus walked right into it. Peter's like, so what did he do? It says immediately. 
He left his nets. He left his livelihood. He left his income. He left everything he had, and he began to follow after Jesus. He began to walk with Jesus, talk with Jesus daily. He began to see Jesus' ministry, his miracles. And for three years, Peter followed Jesus each and every day. Man, this is how I want my Christian walk to be. When I gave my heart to Jesus, I didn't just give my heart to Jesus half-heartedly. I said, Jesus, you can have all of me. You can have all of my talents, all of my gifts, all of my affections, all of my emotions, all of my thoughts, all of my dreams, all of everything that I have. This is Peter. He's like, man, I don't even need these nets anymore. This is why I love Peter. He's so relatable. He's so personable. I'm like, man, okay. Peter is just, I mean, he is the example of who we should follow. Just kind of fast forwarding a little bit. We're going to look in the book of Matthew chapter 16. Peter abandons everything. He begins to follow Jesus. He begins to give his heart to Jesus, walking after him. Peter even is, is confirms the truth of the nature of Jesus Christ at one point. Come on, J Peter is a witness for all the disciples at some point. He had so dedicated his life in, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 16 through 18. Jesus and Peter, this is multiple years after Peter making a decision, says, Jesus looks at Peter and says, Simon Peter, he answered Jesus and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on, no one makes a decision to follow after Jesus only halfway. You see, Peter has it in his heart. He walks with Jesus, talks with Jesus. He has an understanding of who Jesus is and that through that experience it is revealed to Peter that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world, the, the one who has come to fulfill all the, prof the prophecies of, of Scripture. This is, Pete, this is Jesus who Peter's talking about. It's revealed to him powerfully. Man, today I walk around as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. Like, no one can convince me that Jesus isn't real. Jesus is real. Jesus died for us. He rose again for us. He gave me hope. He gave me purpose. Jesus changed my life. He resurrected my life because I was dead in sin. Come on, how many of us, we, man, how many of you are a Christian here today? Can you just raise your hand? Amen. How many of you want to be a good Christian? We want to do it right. Well, we want to hear those words at the end of our walk. Well done, good and faithful servant. Man, I was reminded uh, yesterday I was talking to one of the saints who's been doing this a long time. And, uh, and I was reminded of when I began, gave my heart to Jesus. How, how I began to learn to, I played the guitar and sang, did all kinds of music and stuff in the world, but I gave my music to Jesus too. I gave my, my words to Jesus. I gave my songs to Jesus. And one of the very first songs I ever learned how to play on a guitar, and I remember standing there in a little, uh, on top of a, 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 a flatbed trailer in the park in Hayes, Louisiana. And it was horrible, guys. It was terrible. But I just remember singing those words. I want to hear you say the words to me. 
Well done. I want to hear you say, good and faithful servant. I want to hear you say, I have made a place for you. So let all the pleasures of this world fade away. That's, that, was, that was my heart's cry. Lord, I want to follow after you. I don't want to fail you. I don't want to fail you in my words. I don't want to fail you in my actions. I don't want to fail you in my thoughts. But Jesus knew that Peter wasn't perfect. Jesus knew that we're not perfect and we all make mistakes. We fail at, time, at times. Peter was no different. Come on, how many of you realize, man, no matter how much we want to follow Jesus, no matter how hard we want to press after Jesus, no matter how hard we want to hear those words, good and faithful servant, no matter how hard we want to be right there in Jesus' back pocket 24-7, 365, man, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus gives a warning in Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35. Of course, we know that Peter has been following Jesus now for three years, Peter is, confirms the identity of Jesus. Peter is wanting to do this thing, man. Like he is set up. He's got it going on. And Jesus confronts Peter with some hard truth. Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35. Then Jesus said to them, this including Peter and all the apostles. He said, all of you. Come on, look at your neighbor say, all of you. I mean, all is pretty inclusive. Come on, you're, you could just say right now, I'm an all. All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered and said to him, even if you are made to, even if, if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Then Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all of his disciples. Man, I can almost believe Peter's words. I, I can almost believe his words as, as I give my heart to Jesus, I follow after Jesus. I say, Lord, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never deny you. But, you know, the truth is, is Jesus can say that to us, but we can't necessarily say that to him. If even Peter was with Jesus for three years, following after him, seeing the miracles, it's susceptible to failure. How much more are we? We live in a world today where success is celebrated and failure is villainized. The, really, the reality is, is that Jesus stated, you will all be made to stumble. If you can't deal with the real reality that even in your Christian walk, you may have times of separation from Jesus, you may have times of failure, you may have times where you let Jesus down, where you let yourself down, where you let your family down, where things got hard for you, and there begins to be a little distance between you and Jesus. 
There begins to be a little distance between you and your church family. Come on, there begins to be a a little distance even between you and your family. The reality is Jesus said that all will be made to stumble. We will all have to face failure, have to face setbacks, have to face shortcomings. I am the chief of all sinners, as Paul would say. Man, even though you may not see my failures, come on, my thoughts fail me. I have to take every thought captive. You see, it's for this very reason that the cross is necessary. This is the reason. See, Jesus is just setting Peter up. He says, Peter, I know you, I know you're with me, I know you love me, but let me tell you, you're gonna stumble, and I'm gonna have to pay the price for that failure that you're gonna have. Well, failure isn't final. How many of y'all realize that? Failure is just an opportunity at resurrection. See, we, we are made, we all make the cross necessary. And Jesus makes the cross possible through his perfect life. Our sin makes the cross necessary, and Jesus' perfect life makes forgiveness possible. The cross is necessary because we are, fa- we, we are prone to failure. We're prone to stumble. We're prone to have setbacks, friends. This year has been a year of setbacks. I believe that now more than ever before, we are beginning to see in this nation what happens when the church quits going to church. When you have riots and you have, golly, I can't even begin to list the craziness. This world needs you. This world needs the church. We need to begin to draw closer to Jesus day in and day out. When we become so prideful that we feel like, like it's impossible for us to sin, We need to set our eyes upon the cross. We need to let the cross be a reminder that we need salvation. We need to remind ourselves that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what makes us free. Well, not our own sinlessness. Jesus said to Peter, yes, Peter, you too will be made to stumble. Even this day it will happen before the rooster crows three times tonight. You will deny me. See, our pride is easy to hang on to when times are easy. You see, Peter, he's like, oh, man, Jesus, I will never deny you. No, there's no way. How many of you know it's easy to be assured of yourself? Come on, when when your man is, is sitting in the White House. Come on, it's easy to be assured of yourself when your team is going to the Super Bowl. Come on, it's easy to be assured of yourself when you get to have your way. But what about when things get hard? What about when things get difficult? What about when challenges start to rise up in our life? Are we still going to hang on to Jesus Christ? Are we still going to be able to walk with him even unto death? Jesus says no. Peter says yes. Well, it's easy to hang on to certainty when you have money in your bank when things seem to be going your way, but how quickly we can drift away when we are left to our own decisions and our own devices. You see how quickly we can drift away. I mean, everybody loves Jesus in a moment. They, are just, they just got done bringing Jesus in on a donkey, laying down their clothes and palm leaves, crying out, Hosanna in the highest. Come on, this is the king of all the Jews. Peter is, he is it. It's, man, we've made it, Jesus. Jesus said, no, we're not there yet. I have one more thing I need to do. I mean, Peter had a lot of confidence when Jesus seemed to be on top of the world. 
But just a few moments later, Jesus is arrested. Jesus is placed on trial. Jesus is beaten. A crown of thorns is placed on his head. His beard is plucked out of his face. And there's Jesus seeing his Lord suffering. Just a few verses later, Matthew 26, verses 57 through 58. It said, And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard. And he went in and sat with the servants to see the Lord. When we have a tendency, when things begin to get difficult, we have a tendency when things begin to get hard that we begin to follow Jesus at a distance. In fact, in the book of Mark, it says that Jesus began to, uh, Peter began to follow Jesus at a distance. And he says he warmed himself at a fire. I love what John Bosman said a few weeks ago. He said, when we begin to follow Jesus at a distance, we can oftentimes find ourselves surrounded, surrounding strange fires with strange company. Come on, this year we're coming out of 2020 where we had the church shut down, where many of us begin to watch the church on, on TV screens and on computer screens and on cell phone screens. When we begin to even say, is church important? And many people in this day begin to see the church coming under trial, the church coming under persecution, the church being called names and villainized. Come on, pastors being led before courts. Jesus is back on trial again this day. And the church is beginning to follow him at a distance. Trials have a tendency to put distance between us. When once Peter followed Jesus everywhere, he began to follow him from a dif distance. The difficulty led Peter to, the pass, to, to a path of pass, passivity. That's hard to say. A path of passivity. I would say, look at your neighbor, say that three times really fast, but... I believe that many of us are still following Jesus, but we're following him at a distance. And it's beginning to show our hearts are beginning to change. Our attitudes are beginning to change. The spiritual climate in our nation is beginning to change. Just as it did for Peter. You can just fast forward a little bit in Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 75. And we know that this is the day that Jesus was crucified. And Peter was the one who said, Lord, I will never leave you. I will never deny you. I will never forsake you. Lord. And it says, and now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and the servant girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all saying, I do, I do not know what you're saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath. I do not know the man. And a little later, those who stood by, by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he, said, then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. Many of us may not have denied Jesus with our words, but we know that, that we can deny him with our works, 
In Titus chapter, chapter 1, verse 16, it says, They profess to know God, but in works they deny Him. In other accounts, it says that in that moment, whenever Jesus' final betrayal, I mean, when Peter's final betrayal was fulfilled, that Jesus in the courtyard, if you can imagine this courtyard, it wasn't very big. You see, following Jesus from a distance has nothing to do with proximity. You see, Jesus was still within probably 30 feet or so, 40 feet. And in that moment, that, that rooster crowed, and you could almost see Jesus in His bloodied, beaten body with, with thorns upon His head, just look over at Peter. And I couldn't just imagine that moment when the convicting power began to come upon Peter as he began to weep bitterly. I mention all this not to belittle Peter, but to show the dangers of how close we all are to finding ourselves with distance between us and Jesus. In this past year, many of us have begun to neglect our, 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 our weekly attendance, begin to neglect fellowship, begin to neglect prayer, begin to neglect worship, begin to neglect praise, and distance has begun to grow between us and Jesus. Even whenever the enemy begins to raise its head in the political arena, the church is so far removed from Christ that it denies even the truth of the Word. In fact, it begins to make oaths and promises. Oh, not us. Even to the point of allowing cursing and swearing to come from our mouths. Today we celebrate Easter, and for many of us, there's been distance that's grown between us and our walk with God. But I beseech you today that you allow today to be a reminder that the resurrection changes everything. You see, when the world begins to put Jesus on trial, as the world put Jesus on trial 2,000 years ago, the church needs to begin to look for the miraculous. You see, whenever we begin to see Jesus put on trial, the church needs to begin to have an expectation for the resurrection. Come on, whenever the gospel begins to be put on trial, the church needs to begin to get prepare itself for revival because something is stirring in this day, my friends. Although distance has grown between us, I want to let you know that the resurrection is coming. The return of Christ is coming. Come on, hearts are beginning to be stirred up by the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's going to be a revival in the land of the living. Man, this excites me. I love Easter because it reminds me, man, that Jesus' word is the final word. Well, there's many people saying that the, the church age is coming to an end. I'm here to say, man, the church is just beginning to get started. Come on, the praise and the people of God are just beginning to be stirred up by the truth of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to close the distance between us and Jesus once again. The only way that takes place is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ because we know in that moment Jesus was crucified. Peter was nowhere to be found. See, the reality is we can't, take, we can't even partake in our own salvation. That's a task that's left only for Jesus Christ. But on the third day, but on the third day, the tomb was empty. And Jesus revealed himself to Peter once again. 
You see, I believe that even in that moment, friends, when you're here today and we begin to sense the presence of God in this place, you begin to ask yourself this question, have I walked too far away from you, Jesus? Have I I backslidden too far away from you, Jesus? Have I let this past year get the better of me, Jesus? Is my relationship with you still whole, Jesus? We begin to ask ourselves that question, and I believe in the same way Jesus confirms Peter's faith, he can confirm ours even today. If you look in the book of John, chapter 21, one page at a time, man. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. Man, I love this. Jesus had been with Peter. He had been with his disciples. He had revealed himself to hundreds of individuals. And Jesus, knowing the conversation that he had with Peter, he said, Peter, I don't want to just leave this earth without confirming something within you. Jesus brings Peter by the seashore in John chapter 21, and, uh, verses, verse 19. We'll just do verse 19. He says, and this he spoke, signifying that what death he may glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he looked at Peter. I mean, I can just imagine in that moment, Jesus locking eyes with Peter. And just before this, he says, Peter, do you love me? Peter's like, Lord, yes, I love you. Feed my sheep. He says, no, 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 Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, yes, I love you. He says, then, Tend my lambs. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, Lord, you know all things. You even, you predicted my denial. You predicted my betrayal. You predicted my shortcomings. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then tend my sheep. Jesus spoke these words. He looked at him in the eyes. He said, follow me. Jesus didn't say these things to confirm to Jesus that Peter loved him. Jesus knew that. I mean, I don't have time to really go into the fullness of this verse. I wish I did. But just know this, that Jesus paid the price for us to follow him. He made a way for us to follow him. Even through our shortcomings, we can follow Jesus. Even through our setbacks, we can follow Jesus. Even when distance grows between us and Jesus, Jesus paid the price on Calvary's cross. He was raised again to new life that we can follow Jesus. Jesus wasn't trying to confirm himself with Peter that he loved Peter. Jesus already knew that. Jesus was affirming for Peter that Jesus knew that he loved him and that he can follow him. You see, the resurrection restores our relationships. The resurrection restores your relationships. Friends, whenever distance begins to grow between you and Jesus, just go back to the cross and allow Jesus to draw you in to him. It's the resurrection that changes everything. We know that Peter was changed in that moment. No longer did he have to follow Jesus in word and deed only. But you see, in that moment, I believe that Jesus gave Peter a promise. He said, Jesus, no longer am I going to have to, are you going to have to follow me? But in fact, I'm going to begin to follow you everywhere that you go. He said, because I'm leaving this place and I'm going to a place that you're going to come to. But in the meantime, I'm sending another, a comforter, the Holy Spirit, who will be in you, who will make your heart his home. And everywhere you go, he goes. Jesus gave Peter a promise. 
And that same Peter went from denying Jesus to a few to declaring Jesus to the world. Man, this is the power of the resurrection. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on up. This is the power. The resurrection changes everything. Friends, don't let today not be a turning point for you. Although there may have been distance that's grown between you and Jesus over this past year, will you stand with me today and say, Lord, no longer will I allow the circumstance of this world to keep me from following you and being in your presence. Lord, I just declare the cross on my life. I declare the resurrection of Jesus Christ in my life. Peter went from denying Jesus to declaring Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, verses 22 through 24, Peter, the same Peter, who, who was sitting around a fire denying Jesus to, to, I mean, no offense to little girls, but I mean, they're not the most intimidating of characters. And Peter, he can't even, he can't even declare the truth of Jesus to a little girl. No offense, little girls. I mean, y'all are amazing, powerful, wonderful, amazing. When you have Jesus in you, and Jesus, Peter stands up on that day, on the day of Pentecost, and he declares, men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, by wonders and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Never a greater passage of, uh, or message has ever been preached. That we ourselves are responsible for putting Christ on the cross by our, uh, by our lawless deeds, by our imperfections, by our failures, by our inabilities. But God raised him up. He loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that death can lay hold of him. You see, the resurrection changes everything. Today, I believe that even in the church, many feel that there has been distance that's grown between them and Jesus. That can be brought on by COVID. It can be brought on by the loss of a loved one. Man, grief can create distance between us and Jesus. That distance can become from a, a change in a financial situation or, or maybe a family split on political lines. There's, there's many things that can cause us to have distance between Jesus, but I believe that today is an opportunity for us to rededicate our life to following Jesus. Today we celebrate the resurrection. Let's not just celebrate it with some roast and rice and gravy later this afternoon. But let's celebrate it with our hearts. Let's commit today, Lord, that we will close the gap. Lord, it says even in your word, Lord, that 
as we draw nigh unto you, you will draw nigh unto us. As we draw closer to you, you will draw closer to us. Lord, as we begin to close the distance, Lord, you begin to close the distance. Father, would you forgive us? Would you receive us? Would you allow us to begin to live a resurrected life? Over the past year, maybe your faith has dwindled. And it may not have just been this year. Maybe this is the first time you've been in church for many, many years or months. You're saying, Lord, I, I want to know you more. I, I don't want to live a half-hearted faith any longer. I, I may have denied you, Lord. I may have even cursed you. I may have even forsaken you. But, Lord, you haven't forsaken me. Today, I want to rededicate my life to you. Today, this message is about letting no distance come between us and Jesus. In fact, in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9, the Apostle Paul says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you're here today or watching online, I'm going to ask that you respond with me. I'm going to ask that you take a stand today. Not, not just because I ask you to stand, but take a stand today that says, Lord, I want to draw closer to you. Lord, I, I may have had failures and setbacks, but I want to have, be close to you. Even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of suffering, we can have fellowship with our Savior. Are you willing to say with me, Jesus, I love you, but I can feel some distance between us. So today, I just want to give an opportunity for us to just rededicate our lives to Christ this resurrection day. Say, Lord, as you have been raised to new life, raise me to new life. As you raise Peter to new life, as you raised Peter to new purpose, as you gave Peter new hope, Lord, give me new life, give me new purpose, give me hope today that I can follow you closer and closer. So right now, right where you are, again, if you're here or you're watching online, if you just want to say, make a rededication of your heart to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to be raised again to new life. Would you just stand up right where you are? We just extend our hands to heaven. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. Lord, we come to you today. Lord, standing on the promise that it said that, that you were going to be crucified, you gave a promise that you were going to die for us and be raised again the third day. Lord, that promise has been fulfilled. Lord, I pray that today as we stand here together in one accord, in one mind, Lord, that we rededicate our hearts to you. Lord, that we say, let there be no distance between me and Jesus, Lord. That there be no distance that separate us, that there be no offense, that there be no burden, that there be no anxiety. But Lord, we can fully rest upon you. 
Lord, I pray that today hearts will be forever changed by the glory of your gospel, by the glory of your resurrection. Lord, that you begin to stir up, Lord, a heart of revival within the land. Father, as the world begins to put the church on trial, as the world begins to put Jesus on trial, Lord, I pray that you give us the strength, you give us the courage to speak truth, to speak life, to speak love, to speak hope to a lost and broken world that is looking for it everywhere. But can, it can only be found in you. So, Father, we thank you for this month, for this day. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection. Lord, we thank you for hope. Lord, we thank you for truth. And Lord, let us build our faith upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ, just as Peter did, just as Paul did, just as all the apostles did. Lord, just as all those who go before us did. Lord, we stand upon your word. It's in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Well, if you can agree with that this morning, can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Can we all stand together? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining with us. Come on. How many of you know the cross has the final word? Well, Jesus is risen, amen? Man, we don't have to walk around in guilt and shame. We don't have to walk around in hopelessness. But we can walk around with the resurrected Jesus Christ. Man, that's exciting. That's the most exciting thing I've heard all year. He is risen, amen?